You're listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hey guys, today I'm here with Mike Young. He is the host of the top-rated podcast, The Made Over Podcast, and he created the Make Over Method. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on. Mimi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited for today's episode. We had such a great chat last week. You're so inspirational. I love your story, and I just can't wait to introduce you to my listeners. I think this is going to be such an inspiring episode full of juicy tips and tricks and you know, even just getting so inspired by your story and your transformation. So should we just kind of start off and get right into your story and kind of what brought you to where you are today and, and your the way that you've kind of navigated through life up to this point? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my story was the traditional American story of you, you go to high school, you go to college, you uh, start a business, you uh, get married, you have two kids. And I found myself around the age of 30 with a, a very large business. Um, we had 250 employees, 10 offices, and uh, we were highly leveraged at the time. Um, I had a big house, I had fancy cars, I had money, I had all that stuff. And 2008 hit. And I went from liquid millionaire to $200,000 in debt in less than six months and, and kind of began questioning what the hell am I doing with my life here? Is, is this actually what I want? You know, so it was a, a very large wake up call for me in 2008. Um, and just, just kind of found myself in a position of, you know, the slate had the complexity and the slate of a very large business had gotten wiped clean very fast. And I found myself sitting alone in a, in a home office. Like what, what do I want to create and what do I actually want to do with my life here? Mm -hmm. And then how did you decide from that point? Like, did you sit down with a pen and paper and just like kind of restructure your life? Like in those kinds of moments, (laughs) how do you kind of start from scratch? Yeah, you you know it's weird. You you uh, instantly find out what fight or flight mode really feels like, and and so um, you have a choice to make: do I just crumble and quit, or do I continue to have a vision of what I want to create um, and go after you know the business and life that that I felt like I I not only wanted but deserved. And um, so I sat down with my wife. My wife we had a one year old son at the time. Um, we were going on these long walks together and we, we literally got on the same page philosophically with our values and our belief systems, because I had gone from 200 emails a day down to zero. Um, we were just talking a lot and communicating a lot during that time. And we, we wrote out, this is what we want. We wanted two kids. We wanted, uh, this type of lifestyle. We wanted, um, 
a business that's working, but not necessarily with all the complexity of partners and employees. And so I actually thought at the time, I think I was delusional. Uh, I thought it was going to be easy to recreate in very short order, something on my own, because in my mind, building a, a large company was complex to do it on my own with a small team and build like my ideal lifestyle was going to be easy and quick. But it led me down a path where once I got clear on what I wanted, I didn't know how I was going to achieve it. You know, I knew, I knew I wanted less meetings and less emails, less phone calls and more money, but I didn't know exactly which area I was going to dig into. And so I just started taking action. And, and the way that I did that is I, I started reading books. I started searching online. I started taking uh, online courses. I started going to events um, you know, Infusionsoft and lead pages and, and all these, uh, you know, digital marketer and all these conferences surrounding myself with online marketers and advertisers and entrepreneurs really that were all trying to build a business. So I, I felt like if I surround myself with the right people and the right information, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then did you, or like, what, what kind of hurdles did you go through at the beginning? You know, I think the biggest hurdles in the beginning were, um, which a lot of entrepreneurs deal with, is is cash flow up and downs and instability. Um, so that was a big hurdle. Was I never quite knew where my next deal was coming from, and I, I also, I mean, I think the biggest hurdle is I got stuck in what I call the business opportunity seeker trap, which is you you are looking for the answer to your business or what you want to do. And so you begin buying tools and resources. Uh, You begin buying click funnels and many chat bots and you begin buying all these courses. But at some point you have to decide like, this is what I want to do because the tools are there to support your existing idea. But if you're not clear on what you're trying to build, you can get stuck in that trap. And that that trap cost me eight and a half years and $200,000 before I got out of it. Um, I spent a long time and a lot of money consuming knowledge products. But actually, what I recognize now that I didn't recognize when I was in it was my mindset was wrecked from the loss of the the mortgage company business. I had... I had self-esteem issues. I had self-doubt issues. And so that knowledge accumulation was actually a weird addiction that that gave me permission to not put myself back out into the marketplace again. Because God knows, you know, if, if I put myself out there again and say, this is my business, I might fail again. That was, that was the subconscious uh, conditioning of my mindset at the time was if I read this book or take this course, then at least I don't have to put myself out there because, because I might fail again. Wow. How much self-reflection do you have to go through to realize that? That's so incredible that you can admit that because I'm thinking back on my life and there are definitely moments that I feel like I've been, you know, trying to so learn more instead of just taking action. And at the end of the day, taking action and actually putting yourself out there is the most important thing. And you know, it's so funny because we live in a world right now where personal development and success and, you know, there's so much, so much knowledge and there's so many books and seminars and, and quick funnels and all these, these things out there relating to that. And there are so many people that buy into it that never actually take action. 
So, you know, to you, Mike, what's that perfect point? Like, obviously, you need to learn before taking action and getting out there. But what, like, what point do you need to be at in your life um, where you kind of put down the books and you're like, okay, I'm actually taking action right now. And I'm going to go, you know, do the things and, and stop just trying to, you know, procrastinate by, by, by learning, essentially. Yeah, you know, I think I think two things with the self the self reflection piece. Um, the answer was a lot. Um, I went through a lot of self reflection. I I essentially ran across a book as I was getting I was getting extremely frustrated with my situation that I'd been in the game almost a decade on my own. It still wasn't quite working the way that I wanted it to. Um, and then I read, I read actually Garrett White's book, his warrior book, and it got me to, you know, it's called the warrior book, but it should be called how men can, um, process their feelings and get clear on, you know, their emotions, you know, but the book would never sell if he titled it that because, you know, guys are uh, hardwired to not look for the uh, roadmap, right? We're just, we'll drive around aimlessly on our own. Um, and so, so I, that, that began a journey where I realized the problem was inside of me, not outside. And I began doing a lot of, um, you know, I read Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and Brene Brown. And I started reading all these people about mindset and it led me to a place where I ended up running into, um, a guy I called the wizard. Uh, I ran into him at, um, Mitch Miller's. Uh, Project Persuasion in Thailand, and he's a mindset conditioning coach, um, very heavy into NLP and hypnosis and a lot of different things. But I hired him um, to really help shift my mindset, and that was that was a, a good few months. And I still work with him today. Um, that was a good few months of my life where I, I dedicated it completely to mindset and reflection and getting clear on why I felt the way I felt. And why I was taking those actions the way I was taking them. Um, and I think a lot of people avoid that work because it's difficult. It's difficult to, to look back and, and kind of tell yourself the reality of what's going on. Um, almost give yourself outside perspective and realize, okay, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I've been at this game a decade. I'm, it's still not working the way I want it to work. You know, to look at the hard truth of the numbers and the reality of the situation or, or something I think human beings are hardwired to try and avoid because mm -hmm. it's, it's just painful when you do the inner work. Um, and, and I think the answer to your second question of when, when do you stop, put down the books and put down the courses looking back now, you know, it's funny, Mimi, I used to be this kid that like when my parents would feed me dinner, like I'd eat one thing at a time, like I'd eat the chicken and then I'd eat the potatoes and then I'd eat the corn and I kind of made my way around the plate. Um, and I think that's the way I'm still wired today, which is in my mind, I had to accumulate enough knowledge and skills and character and resources before I was ready to put myself out there. And I think that was a mistake. Um because the one thing you need, there's a, there's a phase in the early phase, I call it grasping for straws, but in that beginning phase, it's okay to try lots of stuff and have lots of stuff not work out because what you need is you need market feedback. You need to be able to say, oh, I tried this and it felt good to me and it worked and got the results I wanted. 
or it felt extremely awful to me, like, like cold calling or door to door sales does not feel good to me. And you can sense that in your energy and you can just say, okay, I tried that. It's okay that I tried it and it didn't work, but I'm not going to do that again because it doesn't feel right. And then on the flip side, you try lots of things and the things that feel right to you, you end up keeping them and, and trying to systematize them. So the answer is actually not to spend months and years accumulating knowledge. It's to accumulate a little bit of knowledge enough to where you feel confident to take the action. And then you take the action, you create um, the military calls it the OODA loop, but you essentially take, take action, observe market feedback decide whether you're going to keep it or ditch it. And then you take, take that knowledge, that newfound wisdom that you have from your actions, you learn a little bit more, you take another action. And so if you can fall in love with the process of that, you've, you've basically won the game in my opinion, because once you start to enjoy the fact that I'm going to try stuff, it's either going to work or it doesn't. And then I'm going to reassess and try more stuff when you fall in love with that process, you stop beating yourself up every time something doesn't work. Oh my God. That's so powerful. Mike, literally, I, I love all of that. I love everything you just said. That is so powerful and so true. You, you, you can't do anything big without failing. And if your first product is perfect, then you started too late. You, we, we need to, you know, stop feeling like we need to be 10 billion times more prepared, you know, like we, we really don't like it, it's the act of actually going out there and, and trying things out that is is just really going to teach us so much. And from my personal experience, too, like I, I can completely relate, like you, you really just got to get out there and, and learn and, you know, at the same time. And, you know, not to say you, you can completely just reject knowledge. Like I try to consistently be reading books or listening to podcasts while also trying to accomplish uh, accomplish certain things, but it's not like I'm waiting around. Right. So tell me though. You're- yeah. And I think if you can, Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think when you get to a place where you can build patterns and habits and routines around, you know, this is my time to be healthy. Um, this is my time for self-reflection or meditation or whatever people do. Um, this is my time to accumulate knowledge. And this is my time to to just to distribute something to the marketplace. And if you build that patterning, then you're always, you're kind of, you're building a more balanced lifestyle because you're always focusing on your health. You're always focusing on accumulation of knowledge and you're always focused on distribution of something new to the marketplace. And so you, you try to build patterns and routines around something that you can sustain and I think, I think the analogy is, is like going to the gym, you know, if I decide I'm going to get healthy and I do 5,000 pushups tomorrow, I'm only going to hurt myself. Whereas if I can build patterning to show up to the gym tomorrow and do five pushups, the next day do six, the next day do seven, you build a much stronger foundation for yourself and something that can be repeated over long periods of time. So it's okay to try lots of different stuff, you know, even with, um, like I have two kids, I have a 12 year old and a a 12 year old boy, 10 year old daughter. Um, my son, I watch it, I watch it kind of manifest because you having kids is great because you realize like we're all human and some of the things that they do came, didn't come from you. You know, it's like this patterning is in our mindset 
is built up over a couple hundred thousand years of how human beings have evolved in it. And, and he would try things like for a job, like he'd try mowing lawns or he'd try weeding or he'd try something else. And he was almost beating himself up when, when he would try something not like the experience and then try something new. He felt like a failure in his mind. And I just said, look, that's part of the process. You, the only way to discover if you like mowing lawns or not is to mow a lawn. And, and it's okay to try something once and recognize that's completely not what you want to do for earning money or for a living or whatever else. It's completely okay. In, in fact, it's more okay at that stage to put it down after one try. It's, it's like, why? If you try something, you try a food and you don't like it, um, why would you just keep trying to force it? You know, it's like, well, let me try that again. Let me try, let me try, you know, um, avocados again. I don't like them, but I'm going to try it again. And, and how many times do you want to try something that's out of alignment with your taste buds before you just recognize that's crazy? Mm. Um, and okay to eat the things that you like. It's okay to do jobs and habits and try things and find out what you like and don't like. Um, but so many people spend so much time beating themselves up when things don't go their way. Yeah, totally agree with you. You know, if they spent that time instead on, you know, reflecting and learning from that experience and then moving on, you know, imagine where the world would be. It's crazy. You know, it's hard though, because I am hard on myself a lot. And, you know, even earlier, we were just talking about something that I was hard on about myself or hard about myself on. And, um, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you have any tips for people that, you know, can't help but just feel insecure, unconfident if they quote fail. Yeah, the hack to the whole thing is clarity. Um, if you have clarity within yourself on who you are, what you represent, your values, um, how you tick, your zone of genius, the things, things that you would say, I'm extremely good at these things and also your weaknesses, you have clarity on yourself then clarity on your ideal client. These are the people I want to work with and help in this particular way. The the third piece of clarity is how do you help those people exactly? Um, I, I deliver this product in this way and they pay me this much money um, and here's how it works. And then the fourth uh, piece of clarity is clarity in how human beings work because we're all essentially, we fall into um, different archetypes of people. Um, and when you have tremendous clarity, clarity on who you are, what you do, how you do it, how human beings work, and then more importantly, clarity in where you're trying to take your life, a lot of those um, insecurities and times you beat yourself up when things don't work, they, they what it is, is, is clarity equals speed. Um, have you ever heard Mimi, like ever heard the old saying about like the greatest leaders in history, like, um, make quick decisions. Mm -hmm. It's the, the quick decisions isn't, isn't a trait. It was actually because they have tremendous clarity on the goal they're trying to achieve. If they're going into battle or going into war, they know their outcome that they're trying to achieve so clearly that their decision making becomes easy. 
And that's also the hack on how you avoid falling into that knowledge accumulation trap and trying lots of books and tools. When you have tremendous clarity around who you are and where you're headed, the tools actually emerge and make the most sense for you. You're like, like today, I'm able to look at my business today and be like, like ClickFunnels makes zero sense for my business today because I've evolved to a place where I don't need a tool that is designed for trying multiple offers all the time. Um, and so you, you're able to make those decisions on, is this relationship right? Is this book right? Is this tool right? In, in an instant, because you have tremendous clarity around who you are today and where you're headed. Mm-hmm. So how have you understood the clarity in your life? Because, you know, a lot of my listeners are, you know, young women and a lot of us feel pretty uncertain in our lives at the moment. We're a little bit unsure, you know, which path to take, where to go, what job to pursue. There's so many things available to us and it's really overwhelming sometimes. So what kind of wisdom or knowledge would you share with the audience on how to find that clarity and really feel certain about it? Yeah, I would say that um, there are a million ways to play the online business game or business game in general. There's a million ways to play it. The The mistake I see people make is they try and play too many ways at once um, and they don't have clarity on what they're delivering. The, the clarity is okay. In the beginning, it's, like take, just take lots of action. Just, you know, when I was starting out, I built over 50 brands between 2009 and 2013. And that was my process of trying lots of different things. I would build like an automated email responder for real estate agents. And then I'd build this coaching program over here. And I've, I fell in love with the process of, I have an idea. Let's, put a logo and a website and a social media on it. That's kind of what led me into branding. But out of those 50 ideas, like 47 of them flopped, you know? And mm-hmm. so I think, I think the advice for the, for your audience is to realize that there are a million ways to play the game, pick one, and then don't wait, don't wait long periods of time to get into action. Say, this is my, it's like scientists. It's like you have to take your best educated guess, you know, this is my best guess on what I think is going to work. And so I'm going to try it and then don't beat yourself up and spend the, the, the points where people are costing themselves money, influence, power, and respect with their business are the moments that they're in stagnation or confusion. When, when you're sitting at your desk and literally doing nothing, the those gaps in the beginning sometimes can last two and three weeks where you're like, I know all I have to do is put this lead magnet out there and I got to build one web page, but something about the confusion or the lack of clarity stops you from taking action. Those are the, those are the real business killers when you're, when you're literally not taking action to learn what the market has to tell you so that you can course correct and adjust. Mm-hmm. And what are the most valuable forms of action in your eyes? I would say, man, I, 
I don't know if there's like a most valuable form of action. I just try and keep clients and, and even myself like do something today, you know? Um, and I think in the beginning I would write these lists down of like, here's the 47 ideas I have. And so what, what I specifically do is I think I usually think in the mornings, I don't have much time on social media in the morning. Um, and in, in the evening, I think about my next day, I look at my schedule and I usually write down one to three things that I need to accomplish. And so I'm constantly prioritizing what I think is the most important thing for the next day. And I try and get one or two or three things done the next day. Um, in the beginning, I was writing 25 things down, like these are the 25 things I'm going to do today. And then all of a sudden the day would be gone and I've done two of them. So I just got more realistic over time with myself and said, look, let me write down the three most important things and let me see if I can accomplish all three. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so true. When you, when you get overwhelmed with so many things on your to-do list, well, for me, at least personally, I feel like a failure if I don't get through them all. And, you know, how do you like decide which is the most important, especially as an entrepreneur? It's, it's so difficult. Do you really believe in delegating because I know Mike you talk about you know spending a, a just a tiny bit of time on social media and not spending a lot of time on emails and really just focusing on the important stuff but like how do you you know manage your business in that way as well like do you delegate a lot or or you know give those responsibilities uh you know to someone else yeah, in, in the beginning it's difficult when you're first starting out you typically um don't have massive cash reserves and you don't have team built and you don't have systems and you don't have clarity. So it's the, the bottom line is that's part of the process you have to go through. You have to go through that phase and it's difficult to delegate. And then you'll hit a stage where you realize, okay, these things, these, uh, 10 things have to be done consistently, but I don't particularly need to be doing them. And it doesn't fill me with energy, these 10 things. So let me hire my first team member. And then you have to spend that time with that team member to say, these are the 10 things I need you to do every day for me. And here's exactly how I want them done. And then you have to just give you actually, it's even easier than that. You, you tell your first virtual assistant or your first um, person that's working for you, you say, these are the results I want with these 10 things. I don't care how you build your own systems. I don't care how you track it. If you get these 10 results, which is check my email, check my social media messages, uh, run my podcast for me, you know, whatever those 10 things are, if you get these results, I'll be happy and I don't care how it gets done and let that person build their own system for themselves. Um, and you, you begin delegating everything that's not in your unique zone of genius. And you go through stages where you take 10 things off your plate at first, and then you figure out, okay, my, my executive assistant, uh, if she had five more hours a week, she could take another 10 things off my plate. And you begin that process until you get down like where I'm at, where I'm at today is I'm really good with brand strategy and personal brand strategy and business image. And so I have strategy calls with clients that have paid us, um, and I run my podcast. That's basically what I do. Um, I do have elements of my social posting I keep going and whatnot. Um, and then I think a lot. I think about where am I trying to take the business next, and I spend a lot of time with my team on 
on what what does my what do my team members need? Where are their gaps in in either their knowledge or their systems, and how can I help them? Hmm. Hmm. You talk about branding a lot, and you are the branding king. Uh, do you have any big tips for you know either entrepreneurs or or business owners that just need more clarity on on how to brand with a story behind it? Like, what are your top branding musts when you're you know consulting with a new client or helping somebody you know build their online brand or their you know physical brand? Yeah, I built, I built a process around it, and it kind of came in a weird way. I, I started writing a book, um, but the book originally was me documenting why I, I started. I shifted out of that pattern of accumulating knowledge only, and I started to see certain things working. And I was like, this is going to be fascinating. I'm going to document this entire process so that I could eventually coach and mentor people. So that's how my book started was, I, I said, well, what did I fix first? I fixed my mindset. And so I built a method around this is if your mindset is wrecked, um, nothing else about, if you imagine a pyramid, cause this is an audio conversation, but, um, at the bottom of the pyramid is mindset. If you don't fix that first, nothing above it'll work. Um, then you have to prove your business model to the marketplace. You have to figure out when I sell this product, People are happy with the exchange and value of, of the money exchange. They're willing to refer me to other people. They're willing to leave me positive reviews. And once you prove your business model, you move into strategy. How do I effectively communicate this over and over again to the marketplace and be consistent with my messaging? Um, and I'll go into that in a second here, Mimi. Um, then, then it's business image. You get everything to look the part to match what you're saying. Then you focus on how do I begin to expand my reach and scale and my influence. Um, a lot of times that's done on podcasts like this or getting on publications written about you, getting PR and press. And then how do I build an engine for it? And that's, so that's the model is, is mindset, uh, prove your business model, develop a brand strategy, get your business image on point, begin to manufacture your influence. And then build an engine around it so that you can repeat these habits over and over again because there's something about the universe that rewards consistency. There's there's reasons that Seth Godin's blog is so popular because he writes a post every freaking day. Mm. There's reason that Gary Vee is, has so many followers because he's been consistent for over 14 years now. Um and so you have to build an engine where you're not pulling your hair out that you can repeat every day and be consistent with. Um, and then to go into the branding tips on the strategy itself section, I would say it can be simplified down into three areas. Uh, you have to build an emotional connection with your audience. And that typically comes from being vulnerable and sharing your backstory. You have to build a, a second section of your posting that's around educating your audience that you, that you actually know your stuff. So you have to, have to show if you say, I am the auto mechanic expert, you have to educate your audience on things that you know that they don't. And then the third piece of that formula is establishing authority. And that typically, uh, that combination of emotional connection, knowledge, and authority 
will build trust with your audience. And authority is simply done by showing proof that when people buy from you, they're happy with your products and services. And so I, that's the number one gap I see with people is they will say something on their social profile or on their website. I'm X person and I help X people do this. And they have zero social proof on their website or their social posting of anybody that's actually bought their products and services and have been happy with it. So you have to flip the game mentally and make that a priority for your business is every time somebody's happy, it shows up online because what I see far too many personal brands do is they, they're building their website or their Facebook profile for the first time. They, they ask 10 friends to give them a review. And so then a year later, it looks super awkward. It's like, I have 10 reviews all from August, 2017. Um, and so you have to build patterns and consistency in your daily routines to where when somebody's happy with your services, it shows up as proof online. Mm-hmm. So true. And, and even for sales, like that's just so important, you know, for, I have like online courses, my body reset plan ebook and, you know, my event and everything. And I, I post testimonials because, and my podcast reviews, I post testimonials because, you know, that's what brings me more, you know, listeners in my podcast. That's what get, gets me more, you know, students for my ebooks and my courses. And, and it is kind of like that snowball effect. Like the more people that see the results, like the more people kind of want to get involved, you know? So it, it's so important. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I mean, think about, think about any product that either one of us has bought recently on Amazon. I mean, the first thing you do is go to reviews. Mm-hmm. And so you see two products that are comparable price. One's got 500 five-star reviews and the other one has 10 five-star reviews and three three-star reviews. Which one are you going to buy? You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like a no-brainer. And I think I think the reframe, especially for your audience, because a lot of your audience is still under their 30s um, or they're, they're maybe trying to figure this whole game out, the reframe I see a lot of times that's needed is people feel like, I don't want to brag. You know, I don't want to... I don't want to come across as bragging to my friends, my family, or on my social profile. I don't want, like you see a a disconnect. They're trying to create a business page and then their personal page is completely different. It's like at some point, if you're running a personal brand, you just have to be yourself 24, seven, 365. And if that's your mindset, you're actually, in my opinion, you're being selfish. If you're saying, I don't want to show proof because I'm, I don't want people to think I'm bragging. You're not, you're thinking about yourself and not your clients. Because for example, if people work with me, I know I can dramatically speed up their process of figuring out the branding game and, and even their offer strategy and what to do and when to do it. I know that if they hire me, I can change their lives in short order. Because they're no longer, they're not going to spend the eight and a half years I did. The way that people hire me is by seeing proof that my stuff works. And so when I don't display the proof, I'm robbing someone that desperately wants my help. I'm robbing them of that experience. And I, I had a client that literally like what he does for a business, um, saves people's lives. I mean, essentially he helps 
people that are at that moment of like needing suicide prevention, right? Him not displaying his proof that his stuff works is costing lives. And, and, and so if you can reframe your brain around thinking about your clients and what they need and what they need for you to change your life with, for their, for you to change their life with your products and services, you have to display proof that your stuff works. Um, and you have to do it consistently and you have to do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like if your product or service is really amazing and you truly believe in it, there shouldn't be any trouble behind that. Right. You talk about habits and changing the way that your brain works a lot. And I want to touch into this because I'm so fascinated by all of this, by neurology, by, you know, habits and being conditioned, you know, in the kind of first half of your life, like from age one to seven, you're like a sponge and you're taking on everything around the world. And, you know, how do you, how, how do you reverse all of these ingrained beliefs and thoughts and, and actions, you know, you've gone through so much transformation yourself and, you know, how, how did you do it? Like, are there certain daily things that you, you constantly do like meditation or journaling or like, what is it that you do to kind of get really deep in there and look at the hard stuff and change it? Yeah. You mentioned the age from zero to seven. Um, we're essentially going through a state of hypnosis at that point where we're literally learning everything by modeling. So we learn our habits and patterns around um, how to walk and how to talk from our parents. You know, you're you, like, I have, I have kids. So I actually see like they're the way they say certain things is modeled after the way that my wife and I say certain things um, that conditioning that period from zero to seven typically gets hardwired into you and you typically need outside help to unwire it. And so I waited all the way into my forties before I discovered this, but you hold on to your belief systems around money and uh, your own patterning from that, that very early time in your life until you can kind of, it's like a computer. You, you, you're given a certain set of software and hardware from zero to seven, but then you'd never upgrade the software. And so it's like you're operating with a system that was patterned into you very early on. So I'll tell you what I do now. I, I, I reached out to someone that understood this, understood the mind, uh, very trained in NLP hypnosis, very trained in how our bodies and our minds work. Um, I hired them and, and essentially I got hypnotized eight weeks in a row. Um, through a process that combined NLP, um, neuro-linguistic programming. And that eight-week period shifted my mindset. After that period, it became around conditioning it. It became around developing habits that I could repeat over and over again. So I do some meditation in the morning. I do some yoga. Um, I journal at night, typically. I journal in the mornings as well. I'm essentially always getting out of my head. What are the, my priorities for the day and what's my next step? Um, and, and those are just patterns that are now ingrained in, into me that four years ago, um, it was the opposite. I was always confused. I was always trying to figure out the next step and everything else. So, um, and I still 
twice a month, I still work with my mindset conditioning coach and we just basically have a conversation and is everything working? Am I stuck on anything? Am I thinking about anything? And so I'm continually every, you know, every two to three weeks working with my mindset coach and I'm repeating my daily habits around giving myself time to think writing down what I think is most important next step. And then I get into my, my Monday through Friday routine. Um, like we're right after our podcast here today, I'm just l- going to look back at my list. I wrote last night. I've got three things on it. I don't know what they are right now because I'm, I'm on this podcast, but I know that I've got three things written down that I'm going to take action on after we do this. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. I have one last final question for you. Um, and I'm so curious about this because we talk about morning routines a lot on the podcast and I love a good morning routine. I think they're pretty transformative and my morning routine has pretty much changed my life. Um, but my question for you is, let's say you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed one morning. What do you do that ensures that you'll bounce back and change your mindset and have an amazing day? Like if it was one of those mornings where you really needed everything you could to kind of bounce back, what would you do? Talk me through your morning. Yeah, I mean, my, my normal morning, um, and my mornings are a bit dynamic because I, because I do have kids. Um, my normal morning, I wake up, I spend some time, uh, just getting coffee and reading and journaling. And usually I tr- I try and do a little bit of meditation. Um, but there are days just like everybody. I, I have bad days all the time. Um, and I, I feel off a lot of times where things aren't clicking. I used to get stuck there. Now I go back to the basics. And so when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed or things feel out of alignment or my mindset's negative and I'm worried about all these things that I can't control right now, I go back to the basics. I go back to um, breathing. I, I just breathe. Um, I tell myself a story that um, everything is working in my favor and everything's going to be okay. Um, and we all have those moments, you know, let's say I'm just going to use an example, but let's say you, you wake up and the first thing that you saw was a big client refund on a day that you needed to pay your mortgage, you know, something like that. It just like spirals your mind into negativity. And I basically say, everything's going to be okay. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens in my favor. Let me breathe for a few minutes. And let me focus on raising my serotonin levels is what I do. I, um, which comes back to the basics, breathing, water you're intaking, the food you're putting into your body and the sleep you're getting. So I, if things ever get out of whack where I just feel off for a long period of time, I go back to the basics and try and raise my energy level and my serotonin levels. And that comes back to breathing, sleep, exercise and what you're putting into your body. Yeah. That is the magic combination. You're so right. Honestly, I've learned so much in this episode, Mike. I think this is going to inspire so many people. I'm genuinely fascinated with everything that you've gone through and your your mentality and and just everything that you preach. It's so inspiring. And I'm so thankful that you've come on the podcast today. I'm so excited to go on to yours. And um, yeah, like just to finish it all off, where can everyone find you? And if someone's looking for an awesome coach like you, you know, where can they reach out and all that jazz? 
Yeah, um, themakeovermaster.com is my website. And on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, I'm at Mike Young Makeovers. And we have a, a free community on our website that if people are looking to run a business leveraging their personal brand and, and just confused on where to start, like our free community has training and resources and some other stuff. And, and that's on our website. Amazing. Thank you so, so much.